Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Mike Rosenberg from Columbia Credit Union. Mike says they trust what they see and hear on OPB, and that aligns with Columbia Credit Union's brand. From the Gert Boyle studio at OPB, this is Think Out Loud. I'm Dave Miller. The American Library Association's I Love My Librarian Award recognizes public, school, college, and university librarians for their exceptional accomplishments and outstanding public service. Only 10 librarians across the country receive the award every year, and this year, one of those recipients is an Oregonian. Claire Dannenbaum is a reference and instruction librarian at Lane Community College, and she joins us now. Congratulations and welcome to our show. Thank you so much. How did you find out you had won this award? By phone. And actually, I should say, I should clarify, by landline, (laughs) which is a really unusual way for me to receive any information anymore. It seems like such a librarian thing that that a librarian would have a landline. I love it. Well, I happened to be in my office the day that the ALA called. And I walked in my office and the phone rang. And that's very unusual. So I had to figure out first, what was that sound and where (laughs) was it coming from? Um, And they gave me the news and it was very shocking. (laughs) Hmm. Um, Well, what went through your mind um, uh, through the shock or past the shock? Just it's such a huge, huge honor. Um, Most... Librarians, I think, in uh, U.S. librarians know about this award, and um, it's one of the most, I would say, generous of the awards that are available, and there are not many for librarians. So lots of library awards are for institutions. They There are many uh, awards for libraries and library systems, but not many for individual librarians. So it is just an incredible honor. I have to say, um, as a, as a non librarian, I wasn't familiar with it, but I was struck by just like how colloquial it is. I'm used to awards, I don't know, sounding so official, but I love li- my librarian is not a typical name for any kind of award. What what is special about this one? In in addition to, as you said, the generosity, which I think you're talking about, financial generosity. No, I am talking about that sort of colloquial big hug from the community sense. There is a there is a cash prize, which is wonderful, but really it is more um, it's nomination driven. Um, there was a person here at Lane, an instructor, who nominated me, and then the nomination process requires a lot of support material, and she managed to wrangle that from. Um, folks in the library and a lot of instructors outside the library and a lot of students and former students. And so that's what I mean by generous, that it really is very much driven by individuals. And so the name, I love my librarian, is very apt. Hmm. I want to hear more about what um, you learned about your, your impact from some of those letters. But let's let's take some steps back. Um, how did you become a librarian in the first place? Was this a, a childhood dream? Not particularly, although I have to mention that in, I believe it was the fourth grade, I took one of the vocational tests at my public um, elementary school, 
And librarian was the profession that I was deemed most suitable for, but I managed to avoid that trajectory for many years just because I studied um, all kinds of other things. And I got a degree in art, and then I got a degree in visual ethnography, and then I started working in libraries for real. And um, that was... um, a very good match for me, uh, temperamentally, and also um, that it's a content-driven profession in a lot of ways that that involves working with people, working with people either individually or in classroom settings, but also working with materials. And I really enjoy that. Hmm. What was your first job as a librarian? My first job as a librarian librarian as a professional librarian was um, at University of British Columbia as a student librarian while I was getting my um, MLIS. But my first job in a library was um, as an undergrad at Antioch College. I was the slide librarian for the art department and I pulled slides, that's back in the day of slides and photographs, um, pulled slides for one of my professors to um, organize lectures for her classes. So that was my first real experience in a library as a worker. Hmm. And, and, then and she I would had, say, "What well, I, I need some a slide of this Rembrandt painting because I want to give a lecture about it. And, and you'd go into the, the archives and find it in a box? Uh, yeah, more or less. Um, she would give me either names of artists to gather or um, periods or styles. I want to do a lecture on cubism or cycladic art or whatever. And I would go into our slide library and I would pull things and lay them out for her on a light box. And then she would come and do refinement and put them in the order she wanted. Um, and then as it happened, Right after um, I had some other, about actually about 10 years later, after having other jobs in other cities and other life, I actually had another job in an image library. And I would say that was my very first um, full on library position where I was a library cataloger at um, UC Berkeley in the architecture department. Hmm. So a lot of these, and you mentioned that, that you studied visual art and ethnography, but it seems like you had there was a real visual component to your to your initial work in libraries. How did you go from that to a community college, to Lane Community College, um, w- without an obvious visual hook? Um, it was a sort of meandering process. I mean, I. Uh, I graduated with an MLIS and just was completely on a trajectory um, to become an art or architecture librarian, possibly a visual resources librarian. And things shifted over time. You know, I applied for jobs. It was, you know, I got offered jobs, but the place and the time and all of that um, didn't work out quite um, the way I had hoped. And so I ended up in Eugene, um, Oregon, which is a very pleasant place to be. And uh, this was the job that was available. So I started as a fill-in librarian, as a part-time sort of backfill librarian. And then it um, 
morphed over a number of years into an appointment. So now I'm part of the regular faculty here. What does it mean to be a reference and instruction librarian at a community college? We do a lot of different kinds of work here. Um, Reference and instruction um, in lay terms is providing uh, students with uh, resources and opportunities for learning about resources. Uh, I teach classes in a classroom setting. Um, I've done that for credit, um, a credit class on library research. Uh, but mostly it's one or two times in a class in classroom environment in which there is an assignment and the instructor wants students to learn about certain types of resources or certain ways of of gathering information or um, has a particular topic or is open to students learning about or researching something that they're interested in. So a reference and instruction librarian is usually responsible for helping students navigate all these tools and um, behaviors. You know, what does it mean to do research? We, I think, often use this term research, but it actually means different things in different disciplines. And it's also not natural to us. It requires um, persistence. It requires critical thinking. It requires self-awareness. It requires understanding the kinds of rhetorical communities that are out there talking about your topic or issue or question. And that's something that is learned. It's not just something we are born knowing. So what's the, uh, what's the self-awareness piece that's that's required to to do research? Um, the self-awareness piece would include things like, um, you know, your own bias or your own personal experience, um, which isn't necessarily bias, but could be information about a, a topic or a question. Um, it's also um, patience, um, awareness that learning is a process and easy answers aren't always available or maybe don't even exist. I mean, um, trying to find ways of helping students understand that curiosity is a really critical part of learning and it's a really critical part of research. And that's not something that's ready-made. That's something that you create for yourself. If you're just tuning in, we're talking right now with Claire Dannenbaum. She is a reference and instruction librarian at Lane Community College. She recently won one of the I Love My Librarian Awards for this year from the American Library Association. To me, one of the, the, the wonderful things about a lot of community colleges is just how diverse the student bodies are in, in basically every way in terms of age and race and work backgrounds and, and life experiences. Is that true for Lane Community College? 100%. And that's one of the real joys of being here. Um, I came from an environment that was, um, you know, both University of British Columbia and uh, University of California at Berkeley, the two other institutions that I worked in libraries, highly competitive environments, also incredibly diverse in terms of cultural background and that um, those sort of metrics, but 
um, very competitive. This environment is open. Community colleges are open to anybody who wants to um, take on learning. So that means that we have students that have, you know, incredible levels of precarity. Um, they may have less confidence. They may have a lot of world experience um, and are trying to make a shift in their life um, toward either a different profession or um, a different skill set and things like that. So you're right. It is it is diverse. It's diverse in different ways. Hmm. That's that's one of the exciting things about this environment. You know, you were talking earlier about the the challenges and the importance of of teaching the students at your college um, what research is and, and how to do research. Obviously, the context there is a community college, but I'm wondering what you see as the value of those same skills broadly for society. I think they are entirely applicable to just being a human being on the planet. Um, those skills, skills of critical thinking, self-awareness, um, patience, persistence, curiosity, those are things that make, I think, contribute to having a flourishing human life. Um, you know, obviously, in a community college environment, we have students who are studying welding and accounting and some are studying literature. Some may go on to uh, other college or university experiences. You know, they're they're going to transfer to get a BA or a BS or and even beyond that. Um, but I do think that all the skills that are learned in w what I consider to be, you know, library learning and research are more about an orientation toward being in the world. And so it's relevant to everybody. We want plumbers to have critical thinking, right? We want tradespeople to um, to be literate. It's not just it's not just um, the doctorates that need to be literate. It's everybody. We all need to be. We all need to be uh, able to think critically about the world around us because so much about democracy relies entirely on that. We've had a, a few conversations over the last few years about efforts to ban books or just broadly to, to restrict access to information. Is that something that you've had to deal with at the community college level? Not directly. Um, the issue around censoring um banning books, banning individual titles, that is more prevalent in school libraries and in public libraries where there is a lot more accountability to parent groups or public boards and things like that. We have very um, clear uh, collection development guidelines here, and I'm sure there's something in our collection that would offend somebody. Um, but we don't struggle as much as a public library or even more so a school library where there's a lot of direct parental um, impact. Um, I think higher ed has 
been a little bit more successful um, in curbing the more base impulses to um, to thwart thinking and diversity of thinking, although it's certainly intellectual freedom is being challenged in higher ed as well. Hmm. Um, but it, it seems thinking, like you you have given a lot of thought, though, to to the broader, I don't know, currents in, in terms of the, that affect all society and and and. In, in that libraries have been, you know, affected by as well. I'm I'm curious what you see as the flip side of the effort to restrict access to information. I mean, the, the effort to make information broadly more accessible. Well, that's that is fundamental to what it is that we do. I mean, library spaces are super vital and vibrant and, you know, it's people think of books. Well, obviously books are a big part of that, but books are 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 repositories for ideas. So ideas is, are at the root of the whole project. Whether those ideas take uh, the form of books or workshops or engagement or public spaces or access to Wi-Fi or um, ideas, uh, libraries of things, libraries are doing all of that. And it's all about ideas and the 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 role that ideas have in a in a thriving society. Um, there is probably not a single librarian in this country or even around the world that is not thinking about um, the huge forces at work right now that are thwarting the free movement and sharing of ideas. Um, this is very real in the world, but it's not how I would say it's not how I think about my job. You know, I think about my job as creating potential and um, helping people align their potential with resources and with ideas. Um, so I don't I don't think a lot about, you know, oh, what are we going to do about um, in our library about banning or about our collection development policies and things like that. I think more about, you know, what what can I share with students about their place in finding what they need to know, um, whether or not it's for a school assignment or for personal interest or uh, a personal struggle that they have. Um, all of that's part of what we do. Hmm. Just briefly, uh, to go back to the beginning, I'm curious what it was like for you to read the the letters of support, the nominating letters um, written by former students, by coworkers. Um, about you, I mean, saying why you are one of the most beloved librarians in the country. Well, it was very moving to read the nomination letters. I have to say that. I mean, I cried when I read them. Um, some of them were written by students who um, I haven't had, you know, haven't been on campus for a while. Um, one of the things that really struck me and I think has um, caused me to really reflect on the nomination is that several people use the word mentor in their description of how I had intersected with them in their life at a particular time and place, and that I did something that they called mentoring. And that is really kind of profound for me because I never thought consciously that that's what I was doing. But 
I came from a background in which that was highly valued. I went to a, a my undergraduate college, Antioch College, um, is really founded on a lot of interesting principles around experience and engagement and cooperative learning and mentorship. And I had a lot of mentors in my undergraduate education. Um, and I think it's pretty clear that they rubbed off on me, <laughs> um, that they're the value of engaging with students. You don't know. You really don't know how it's all going to add up. You, I feel like I have faith that it adds up. And that was confirmed by the nomination letters. Um, hmm. Claire so, Dannenbaum, uh, congratulations again, and thanks so much for giving us some of your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. You too. Claire Dannenbaum is a reference and instruction librarian at Lane Community College. She recently won one of the I Love My Librarian Awards from the American Library Association. Tomorrow on the show, Kroger and Albertsons, two of the largest supermarket chains in the U.S. and in the Northwest, are planning to merge. The Federal Trade Commission has been reviewing the proposal for more than a year, but a decision is expected soon. We'll hear what the merger could mean for shoppers and about the legal efforts to stop it. If you don't want to miss any of our shows, you can listen on the NPR app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Our nightly rebroadcast is at 8 p.m. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Dave Miller. Have a great day. Think Out Loud is supported by Stephen Jan Oliva, the Rose E. Tucker Charitable Trust, Michael, Kristen, Andrew Kern, and Anna Sanford. 